Hey everybody, welcome back to The Hustle, it's John Lamoureux. Okay, this week is a fun one too. We're talking to D.C. Lee. She, as most of you know, has been a noted singer-songwriter for 30 plus years. Of course, her biggest claim to fame was when she started singing with Paul Weller and Mick Talbot of the Style Council, and that turned into a regular gig. She became sort of an equal member of that band, writing songs, performing, there's Live Aid in there, I mean, she sings on so many of their hits, like this one, Walls Come Tumbling Down, Shout to the Top, Wanted, all those songs that would not be what they are without her voice and contribution to those. Absolutely not. What you may not know is that prior to the Style Council, she was kind of doing her own... Well, first of all, she was sort of gigging and playing with other, probably more R&B-styled bands. One of her first big breaks was singing with Wham!, on their first album. She's on Club Tropicana, Young Guns, Go For It, that kind of stuff. They wanted her to be more permanent than she wanted, so she went and she left. And that's basically when the Style Council comes in. She also has her own very successful solo career in parallel. She has a huge hit in the UK in the mid-80s called See the Day that she wrote. That's her song. So while she's kind of doing both, probably mostly focused on the Style Council, and of course she goes on to marry Paul Weller. They have a couple of kids together. But when the band and the marriage started to break down in the 90s, she went on to kind of start her own uh, solo career, which unfortunately never really took off. Along this this time, she also sang on one, an album that I love, which is Guru, the former MC from Gangstar. He was making these kind of jazz fusion albums called Razzmatazz. She sings on one of those. Oh, I love that. So good. Anyway, she's been sort of in retirement for years now. Not really doing anything. But she recently signed a new record label, Acid Jazz, and she's working on solo material now for the first time in decades. So we talk about all of this. Included, I mean, there's Wham! stories, there's obviously Style Council stories, Guru stories, Live Aid stories, you name it, all of it's in there. Uh, I just think she's great, and her voice is eternal. And like I said, these songs, she brings that extra special sprinkle of pixie dust to the Style Council that they wouldn't have without her. I love her. She called me from her home in London. Okay, well, for starters, the reason this took almost a year is because you, my understanding, have been negotiating a new record deal. So does that mean then that DC Lee is going to be coming back or making some new music? Because it's been a while. Tell us about it. Thank you so much, darling. It has been a while. And at one stage, I really thought I'd given up. And it was only because... You know, the way that I like to make music, it wasn't really what any other record companies were in the least bit excited about. You know, there was that thing that that it's like, oh, this is your time, maybe. And it's all the new things. And then Acid Jazz came back into my life. One of the most fabulous um, uh, record labels I've ever known. I've always worked with those guys on and off. 
off the back of the um, the Style Council documentary that came out, I'm taking you know about that. Yeah, uh, yeah, I watched it. Yeah, about a year. Oh. In fact, that was what sparked this. I watched that about oh, a year okay. ago, and I thought I want to talk to DC Lee. So that's what oh, I reached out. Uh-huh. Fabulous. <laughs> and you know what? That also, also that documentary sparked me bumping into Eddie Pillar at the mm-hmm. at the very rushed premiere of the of the thing, <laughs> and he just said, "Are you still singing?" And I hope you haven't given up. And I said, "Well, I sort of I've been forced to retire, but I really don't want to." Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Well, we'll do something about that." And it took about a year, but he's stood true to his word and i'm now signed to acid jazz that is great are you going to be uh, making now why did you say it you've been forced into retirement what what did you mean well because there was nobody i mean i've been doing stuff off my own back you know i'm a very i was always a bit of a pain in the butt when it with with the more commercial uh, uh, record companies and the reason i'll be honest with you the reason being it's good to know your strengths and your weaknesses so therefore you've got people telling you to do something and that's great but that's not what you do yeah. do you understand yeah. so yeah. that means doing something a little bit in my case a little bit shoddy you know or not yeah. not bringing out the best of what i'm about so i'd say no that would pee them off because obviously you're thinking about his money and the look and the blah and the blah but you know being a young artist that 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 was a that was hard enough but uh, i mean i got away with it and managed yeah. to salvage everything by being with the style council yeah but um uh but before that and then a bit after that, it was it was really hard to get anybody to take me seriously. But, you know, at the same time, I was really quite happy to, like, hang with the kids. I've just recently become a nana. Really? I can't, my, I can't bring myself to say grandma, by the way. I just don't, <laughs> I can't, I can't be dealing with that word, all right? <laughs> In my life. Anybody called grandma, they look like a grandma. Yes. Well, you know, yes. I mean, I'm kind of, it's funny because uh, I think um, making music again and everything, it's kind of like, it's put ten. It's made me 10 years younger. Uh-huh. So I think I I'm going to stick to that. Yeah, <laughs> being back it. in music again, it really has just made me feel young. And my kids go, oh, mom, you look so cool. And I'm like, okay, I'm just lapping Good. it up, you know? Good. So yeah, it's, it's, but I'm really very proud as well. I'm very happy. And I'm so glad. Been, looking after the kids and just sort of hanging back for a little bit and you know there does come a time I think it's every five to seven years where you've got to just think about what you're doing and where you're going and what's the point and I've always been a big one for living your life as much as you possibly can uh, without getting arrested to the full you know (laughs) (laughs) I mean sometimes the getting arrested part there's nothing you can do about that but what I'm saying is live it live it to the to the max you know as, as much as you possibly can because and as the last couple of years have shown, and even before that, I used to think like this, it just shows how much, how quickly things can change. And yeah. wow, you know, yeah. and how your freedom can just be taken from you like that. You know, I know it's so true. What, um, <clears throat> so what's the plan now going forward? Are you going to, are you already in the process of making a new album or? Oh, honey, I was just taking what? a time. I was taking time out right now, waiting, uh, waiting for you. And then as soon as I popped off to grab a cup of tea, I suddenly, oh, it's 2.30 and run, come running back. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I've been sat here and I'm working on demos now. Um, I've also got some tunes that we already have approved going ahead. Nice. And I'm working with uh, my producer, Tristan Longsworth. So Tristan mm-hmm. Longsworth, he's, gonna very soon be taking the demo back in tracks and start prepping and start the ball nice. rolling so that we can you know get something out a asap you know Good. i can't wait to put some music out and i can't wait to do some live work yeah Good. really looking forward to that 
Now, acid jazz, the acid jazz label reminds me a little bit of that music that you were making in the nineties too. That was, you know, sort of what the brand new heavies and soul to soul and that sort of the stuff that was really doing really well back then. Are you sort of going back into that kind of style or is this going to be something it's, different? What do you think? Yeah. You know, that's interesting. So for a start, there is an album that I put out and it didn't do very, it didn't do not so much that it didn't do very well. We just, we just couldn't, um, how you say, we couldn't promote it. We, it yeah. So it didn't get very much of a look in anywhere. And before we got into the deal that I got into, Acid Jazz were talking about just re-releasing this one. Which one is that? uh, It's an album called Smiles. Yeah, sure. An album called Smiles, yeah? And that was good, but it, you know, it wasn't, you know, but it was very much of that time, you know. So that would have suited acid jazz well. But then I got all like overexcited, and they're they're kind of spoiling me. So I'm I'm really ta- I'm really taking the, the piss right now. <laughs> <laughs> they're really spoiling me, and we're having a great time. And so I'm doing new stuff. Good. So there's a bunch of new stuff, and I don't know how that's actually going to sound. I mean, there's a couple of really grown up ballads. Mm. I'm attempting uh, something really up-tempo, which is a little bit out of my comfort zone. And it's the one that's actually given me a lot of jit because it's not, mm. it, it sounds like, it, it, if, I can, if I can pull it off, it sounds more like the sort of track a band would make. Do you understand? Okay. And that's a little bit, you know, for somebody who doesn't, I don't play anything. So <laughs> I'm a real pest in the studio with, <laughs> with people. But, you know, but at the same time, I'm enjoying the challenge. And, you know, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But yeah. Um, yeah. so I was just working on that. And then um, a couple of, well, I don't know how to describe them, but yeah. I just think I've grown, I think I've grown up a little bit, you know. That's great. Yeah. In fact, I've grown up quite a lot, especially vocally. Mm-hmm. So I am really interested to see how people, me having the chance to show the, the new grown-up D, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, I, I'll have to call, you know, every time I get on stage, the, I'm always um, announced as Miss DC Lee. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, now next time it's going to be Lady D or something. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking... That's going to sound really strange now. I'll get up there and right. we'll be talking about Miss DC. And I'm like, why do they always have to put the Miss there? And we might have to just drop that now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Well, good. I can't wait to hear it. I mean, uh, oh, I can't wait things, to play it to you. I, I love it. Uh, one of the things that uh, has been apparent to me in getting ready to talk to you again, going back over your work, is kind of the flexibility of your voice. It, you can attach it to dance music to soul music to the acid jazz music to whatever and it fits in so beautifully it complements whatever music is being made and so when you talk about 
going down these other these sort of diverse paths of genre and stuff like that. And I think, well, DC can D can do anything, so that makes yeah. a lot of sense. You know, she, her voice oh, fits thank you. everything. Oh, thank you, thank sure. you. That's really what I'm hoping. You know, with this new stuff, and I can just make it all work. And and it is true. I mean, at, at the beginning of my career, that was actually a problem because I could adapt to so much, and I love making music. Yeah, it was really hard to to pin me down as a solo artist. And to be fair, I'd always been being pushed to be a solo artist, but I really love being in a band. You oh. know, I love having other. I used to love. I mean, I still do. I love having other people on stage with me. But mm-hmm. you know, it is that time now. You know, the yeah. Lady D is a is the Lady a, D. The, the <laughs> Lady D is coming out, baby. Cool. <laughs> Lady okay. D is coming out to hang, and I'm really looking forward to um, playing some new music. And, Seeing Good. what the reaction is uh, yeah. to it all, so yeah, Good. so very exciting time. After all these horrible times that I've had, things are really yeah. looking up at the moment, and I'm grateful for every moment of happiness and uh, excitement as it is. And great. I really love working with the guys at Acid Jazz. They're they're so enthusiastic. They make me feel like a queen, mm. and they're such a lovely bunch of people to hang out with. So, and they really understand me. So it's good. fabulous. It's a good time. Good. Okay, so let's get into your wonderful history here that goes back over 40 years but now i'm guessing so central line from what i can tell is where things really start to pop that's that's right that's this british for people who don't know it's kind of this british funk group like we've been talking and um you're starting to have some hits i am there are so many and I'm trying to get all the names down. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad that you got this because, you know, I, you're, you're going to have to prompt me because I'll remember, <laughs> but uh, I won't remember straight off. Yeah. Walking into sunshine. Oh my gosh. The, yeah. Is one of the big, now are you singing on walking into sunshine? And I'll tell you something else, and I love that you've asked this question, because I keep, sometimes they play on the radio stations, you know, the old school radio stations uh-huh. that I listen to, including including Acid Jazz's radio station. Uh-huh. There's like a few of them, and they all play the old school stuff. Well, every time, when you, when you know when that track starts, there's all the clapping and the whooping? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's me. I'm in it there. Is. I'm clapping and whooping. <laughs> and then, and I can hear my little, my little third my third voice um, harmony in uh-huh. there with the boys doing the walking into sunshine. And I uh, mean, I was hanging around that studio trying to get a gig, you know, those, uh-huh. I mean, I just pestered those boys to uh, let, let me sing right. on that. And it's, and, and then it rem- that reminds me talking to you about them as those days. Um, I always wanted to sing, but I didn't have any access to a studio or anything. Mm-hmm. 
So when I met these guys at the local soul club that we used to go to, oh, I'm a singer, I'm a singer. Yeah, I bet you are, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Persisted, turned up, you know, and they went, actually, you can. And then they taught me quite a lot. And I was just, I just hung out in the studio listening to how, listening to Mike Tech, you know, the way they, huh. How you how you do your vocals on a mic right. and how you can you know what I mean all that yeah. all those little te- technical things and they were re- and how you you know the how when you're singing how you have to mouth the words otherwise I mean some people are really lazy you know like there's some uh-huh. songs and you love it you've got no freaking idea what they're saying right. you know <laughs> you, you need subtitles you know I like right. I didn't want to be I didn't want to be a sloppy singer like that I want uh, people to um you know to hear the words that, you know clearly at the so, so little sure. things like that I learned from those guys and they you know. After them, it was people okay. like Light of the World and all those guys around at that time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, is this what caught Wham? Or were Wham maybe performing in the, or recording in the same studio? Or were they big Central Line fans? How did you get associated with them? Okay. So hanging with these guys, always getting little sessions here and there with the likes of Central Line and Light of the World and people like that. Also, what was what happened at the time was I... With a band that I was with, I had quite a few, but we always got rejected because our songs were crap and we weren't that good. But they used to say, but they used to say, um, but you, you, the singer, uh-huh. we like your voice and, you know, we could maybe get you some work, you know, blah, blah, blah. So long, the long and the short of it was that I was actually working as a in-house vocalist for EMI Publishing. For for songwriters who don't sing, there's a lot of songwriters who write, but they're not vocalists. So I could, I just used to go and do about three, four songs a day to put them down to sell to other artists, and it was quite a nice, cushy little job. You know, I was quite happy there. You know, I started to live quite well singing for and and not having to do any of the interviews or talk to people and everything. Just be left to my own devices with the producer. You know, and I used to love the way to go, oh, gee, you just nailed it. And I'm like, oh, you know, start getting quite a big head, you know. <laughs> of course. So, and, and and I started to think I'd like what well, my spreading my wings and people kept saying you should do more, you should do more. And just at that time, my name was put forward to these guys. They hadn't even performed yet. I don't think Wham. They, they had just it was Andrew and George and they had just approached the record company or the record company approached them. I'm not quite sure how the story goes. Okay. And they said they wanted to put a band together. And they told them what the what the look was, and they said they wanted. Uh, they got the two boys. They got Shirley, and they want one other girl, and they prefer it to be a black girl, mm-hmm. and all the rest of it. So I was in the right place at the right time, and they said preferably, and, and you know, and they were like, oh, she can actually sing, and they were like, we're not really bothered she can sing, but and like, oh no, <laughs> no, you, you you've got a result there, she can actually yeah. sing, yeah. you know. But they yeah. they weren't bothered, and it, and it was lovely, you know. But then. Uh, well, you know, the rest. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> but so, it was pretty cool. Yes. I mean, they they aren't the wham that we know just yet. I mean, Club Tropicana does well and Young Guns goes That's for right. it. around town a while so I greeted you with a knowing smile when I saw that girl upon your arm I knew she won your heart with a fatal charm I said soul boy let's hit the town said hey boy what's with the frown but in return all you could say was hi dodge meet my fiance
and you're on those songs. What are you even interacting much with them? I mean, do you go on tour with them or do you just are you just called to come in and do some backups in the studio later? Yeah. So this is what happened when um the look, you know, I started going doing all the like the PR, I'm sorry, would you call them like the we used to go around the clubs and do the little routines. Oh, and, sure, sure, you know, sure. the, Back in the day, that's what you used to do. I forgot what the exact, exact term is. We were doing that. And then the, the one of the, one of the I can't remember which one, but one took off. Then we started doing TV shows and stuff like that. So I was in it, in it, in it. And I remember being called into the studio. They went through the motions of recording me, mm. but... I wasn't too bothered then because it was all very exciting and new, but I started to notice that every time we went into the studios, this isn't, it doesn't, I don't sing that quickly. I don't just do one quick ooh and go off. That doesn't work like that. So I don't think they're really taking it. I don't think they're actually, they're just making me feel like I, I'm being recorded, but they're using other people. But then by this time I said, well, look, you know, this is great. And they were like, do you want to come on tour? And I said, well, not if I'm not going to be singing you know, because yeah. as much as, you know, much as I'm flattered by, you know, being, you know, you think I'm pretty and all the rest of it, but um, I, I, you know, I'm going to be really bored. <laughs> what am I going to do? Yeah. Just stand about. I, and I'm not a dancer. So it got a little bit funny. And I just, while it was happening, they were starting to get bigger and bigger. I was called in for the videos, but it was getting bigger and bigger. But in between all of that, I was sessioning for other people. I was working with Animal Nightlife. I think... I might even have started by that time to work with the style council, but maybe, maybe I'm getting my dates all wrong. Maybe I'm getting okay. my dates wrong. You'll probably okay. know better than me. So, you know, and, and it was all right. We were doing all right. It was great. But by the time we got to club Tropicana, George was getting really peed off with me and we had a little bit of a fight, George and the management. But I kept saying, you don't understand. I can't afford to just sit around and wait for you guys to call me yeah. in for a thing and you don't ever give me any warning. I mean, I was trying to be really reasonable with those guys. Like, so, but once I've committed to somebody to work, so I was already, I'd be in the middle of tours with Animal Nightlife and people like that. They'd just go, oh, come and do this video. And I'd go, I can't. So they, everybody would get the ump about it. And that Club Tropicana one was the last thing because they had to fly me in from, they were in Spain and I was in the middle of a tour in Manchester and they had to fly me in and fly me back. Mm-hmm which was all a little bit extra, which wasn't yeah. probably in the budget or whatever, made right. me look like some sort made me look like some sort of superstar. I had to be yeah. <laughs> I, looked big, I looked like the bigger superstar than George, which did not go down right. well. Right. And, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And what? it seemed like I was being a diva, but I really yeah. wasn't. I'd already committed to this band. I'm not going to just leave them in the lurch, you know, sure. but sure. it was really hard. And and probably the way I was back in those days, I wasn't as tactful, should we say, as I am now. Yeah. I could see you that. Know. Well, everyone's yeah. young and hungry, and especially yeah. George. And I can imagine yeah. him wanting to be a. We all know he wanted to be a star. We all know Absolutely. that he was extremely hungry and uh, and ambitious at that time. So, when you're, do you did you get any sense of the dynamic or the working relationship between those two, George and Andrew? Did Andrew, you know, it's a it's a kind of a running joke. He seems like a sweet guy, but does he? Did he do anything? Did he contribute? Did he? Was he, he there? Is, oh my god! Well, he's absolutely the sweetest guy. He really is. I literally saw him about a year or two ago, and uh, oh, we had some really good chats, and that's that's another good. story. But it was really lovely to see him. But what used to happen is, I told you, when there was recording, they never used yeah. to have anybody there. Yeah. Now, George, um, Andrew used to hang hang out in the studio, but I never ever saw him you know, behind the yeah. booth, in the, you know, he was just there in the studio with George. George had his, um, his big backing singer girls there. I saw them around. He had Dion, Estes, 
that yeah. fantastic American who just bassist. passed away last week. Oh no! So I didn't yeah. mean to scream down your Oh my god, no, that's, that's okay. so sad. Yep, oh, Dion god, passed away sorry. last week. Oh my gosh! And that's so funny. Look at me mentioning his name. He was a lovely guy, and that's so what talented. I've heard. Yep. So talented. Yeah. He was a sweetheart. And I did, we did. A, I did those first couple of top of the popses and things like that with him. Oh, I'm really, really sad to hear yeah. that. It, but it, you know it what? happened it's, suddenly. Uh, I, I've been trying to interview him for years. But we could never wow. make it work. And then I got noticed last week that he had died. Wow, wow, yeah. wow. I am so, so, so sorry to hear that. Was he based in the in the States or here? That's a good question. Uh, the, I think I, he I, oh, was back in the States by this point. Yeah, I can't yeah. I mean, I think um, at some stage, I mean, some of the people that George was using, they literally flew from the States. Do you know what I mean? That It was, it was getting that that kind of big it was like wow i mean we've yeah. got these players here but wow <laughs> yeah. yeah so it was a bit so i could see where this was going and i and i you know i hung about for a bit to see if there was a place for me in it mm. absolutely wasn't mm. um and I, when i kept saying i want to go to war you've got to finish out this this video and finish out this this oh, okay fair enough and then then what they just there was about fruit mm, like i said the last thing i did with them was club tropicana started straight after the first one because straight after that you know the, the the difference in the level of popularity or fame or the interest in them yeah. and I've, you see it happen I've seen it happen so many times and I remember when I was before uh, before I actually started working with Wham Lice and things and I said well I want to be famous and but when I got working with them I was like wow you really must be careful what you wish for and I won't wish that on anybody mm-hmm. and there's a special skill to being able to cope with that sort of thing as well yeah. i definitely haven't got it i definitely well, haven't got it turned out george so, didn't either i think about that yeah. with george a lot that he yeah man. more than so many people wanted nothing more than to be a pop star he wanted to be famous it seemed i'm i'm an outsider so much. he did he, no, he wanted you know it so badly and he deserved it so and he looked at it and he was good at it and then as soon as he got it he didn't want it anymore and it absolutely. ruined the rest of his life absolutely yeah yep. very very true yeah. very true I mean, we kind of almost fell out a little bit. And by the time I left them to join the Star Council, he was in awe of Paul, peed off with me because I kept thinking I was a bit of a diva and yeah. just wouldn't understand my position from, you know, I'm happy for you. This is all about you and, you know, you deserve this, you know. Right. But 
if I just hang around here like some loser, you know, when I've got other, other opportunities to work, I mean, who the hell wouldn't take it? Why are you, yeah. why are you being mad at me? And he, he just, and then he eventually, we, uh, I think Paul or one of us made, made us make, make up and we were in the wag club and he gave me a big hug. Uh, and he said, I do understand. He goes, it's just that I love you and I'm going to miss you. Mm. So we, we nice. actually really made that really, really well, but yeah. you know, but a few weeks before he was being quite, you know, mean about it. Yeah. And making me feel really bad about myself. But we did make up. That's what, you know, that's why I'm so glad. And then, you know, my career went off one way and, you know, he just kept going up and up and up. Totally. And it was now, yeah. When I look, when I was reading up to get ready to talk to you, the, it, I don't remember where I read this, probably Wikipedia or an article or something, was saying that the reason you left Wham! was because you wanted your own so, uh, solo career. And that's when Selena Wow Wow comes along. Selena, my sister, she has really got a lot. And all the boys around her try to ship at their shot. They try to win her affection by showing all their work. the case where you just sort of looking for any gig whether it's backing the right people sounding like sounds like backing wham wasn't the right thing at that time for you yeah or launching your own career what was the plan right so that plan and again see so that's happened um when i start when i started saying well you know you keep wanting me to i think kept saying to the record company you guys look you know you want me to stay here but you know there's not a lot here for me so what are you offering I'll tell you what, if you just finish this, we'll give you a deal. And if you this the solo career that you've always wanted, we'll give it to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I quickly got uh, a manager, Jed Doherty, who's now like, apparently he's like a big shot in one of the, one of the record labels. He was a good guy. He was a nice guy, but he had good, good. connections with CBS at that time. Uh, he got me the deal. We did this basic deal, but typical young green artist, you know, every bloody thing they gave me, they thought <laughs> back. And then, and then I started having massive fights with my A and R, Muff Winwood, because I had actually bought them See the Day. Yeah, yes. I bought them See the Day. When you look at me, tell me what you see. Do you see? to be 
Wow. See the day was in the same batch as Selena Wow Wow. Oh, okay. And another two tracks, which I can't remember what they were, but I was saying to them, so I'm I brought you these songs to show you the range of my writing sort of thing and the vocals and all the rest of it and going this way. So when they heard Selena Wow Wow, they straight away thought all oh, Black Banana Rama, who were massive at the Ooh, time. Interesting. Yeah. I my girls too. I love those yep. girls. Yeah, of course too. you can. I mean, yep. you can see how much I look like them, just the black version. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But no, I mean, I can imagine if I'm a record person in Banana Rama yeah, so and I've got a beautiful so black girl and I'm thinking, let's do the black. Ver I totally get that. I see. Yeah. What I, and you know yeah. what? I, I can now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I can actually mm -hmm. see that now. But when you're an arrogant little shit sure. like I was. Of course. Uh, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I was, uh, and you kind of have to be like that, you know, to, to get on, you know? Of course. So, um, but anyway, I was fighting with them because I'm going, well, look, see the day, you know? I mean, this is, start with that. It's like classic. It's a ballad. <laughs> You know, I'm a young girl singing a really kind of grown up ballad and all of this, you know, weren't having any of it. They took me down another path that I, I just didn't want to go on. When I came back with demos, they were shit. I felt they were shit because I didn't feel the the, the, the songs. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel the productions. And I suddenly got really lost in this big commercial thing, whereas I'm quite sort of a, I'm a real live musician, musician-y type of person. And I'm not the business side of it at all. And I, you know, you get in and they're just talking about videos and looks and yeah. No, yeah. don't give an absolute crap about the tunes. And you're talking about, yeah, but you know, I won't do that because it doesn't do my. And they're just like, yeah, just shut up and look pretty and da da da. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, what have I got myself into? Yeah. So then I just refused to do any more uh, for you know any more because I said I can't front that stuff. I'm not gonna. I can't front that. I, I'm bloody. I won't be able to look at myself in in the morning in the mirror. I won't be able to, so and I can't front, I can't get up on stage and do tours of TVs promoting something that I really freaking don't like. Yeah. So so that well, that's it. You got a hold on your career. You know, you can't do anything then. But you know what you can? But then I've the, my loophole was, but I can work with other bands. So that's when the style council. Okay. I was sessioning for them. I toured with them once. Uh, I got really upset uh, once after the tour because they they kept pulling me out to sing solo on the you know oh. on the gigs and stuff like that. Just going your voice and I don't know. Very very flattered. And then I said, well, I can't. You guys can see it, but my record company they're just really giving me shit. Yeah. So Paul's dad eventually at one stage did take over my career, got me out of that out of that solo deal uh, with CBS now who are now Sony Ovs, and. Um, and we released See the Day ourselves. See, CBS got all the credit, but we put it out. And that's that was the beginning of, a, of, a, of another thing. But it's just weird how things go. But by the time See the Day came out, you see, I don't forget, I'd, I'd had that song for absolute years. Mm. I was just Boy. about to get married. I was getting, I was, well, not, yeah, I was getting ready to have a relationship. To, you know, I'd yeah. never had anything like that before. Never really done yeah. that started thinking about families Paul and I became romantically entangled as it were mm -hmm. and uh, so that from that point of view the career started to really do me in and I became more sensitive like 
I remember I kept reading things like, oh, Dee Lee's got fat and it'd like make me stay in my bed for a week. I was like, oh, for God's oh, sake, what's wrong with me? I, I hate terrible. this world. And I, yeah, but you know, and but it's just stupid. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think these are the last things and it just made me just stop. I just don't want to do it anymore. I just stopped wanting to, I didn't want to be in the public eye to just have really mean things said about me. Sure. Whereas not, but you know, it's the funny thing is I can do, I I'm much rather, you know, say it to my face because that way if you, I would smack you in the mouth. But that's the dif- that's the difference. But people can hide behind stuff and say really exactly. mean things. And you can't defend yourself. And then, and words do really hurt, you know. Yeah. When I was a kid, you know, people used to say, I said, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never harm you. That's actual nonsense. <laughs> I know. I don't, that's not true. Words really hurt people, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, this world now, this one good thing about the world is that yeah. we actually know that, but it's also yeah. the reason why people are actually quite venomous as well. Yeah. So yeah. to yeah. to, to edge swords or whatever. Media, for sure. Oh, man, I don't like it. Yeah. No, I, I get it. I know why it's there, but I, I don't engage yeah. because it's, it's too much words and it's too much venom and too much chicken shits behavior yeah. behind you know behind keys i know there's a lot of decent people there too but you know the thing about it's, no it's anything, ugly out there yeah yeah you, you don't you, you don't stick on the things that are awful wouldn't you you forget all the nice yeah. things and the horrible true. things that stick hurt you yeah that's true yeah so style council really takes off did you were you um so let me let's get this out of the way you Mary Paul, obviously, eventually. When when did this career start? And we don't, or the, the I should say, the relationship start. And we don't have to dwell on. Yeah. It. I'm not trying to be, but I am curious about the timeline. So when did you and he become, you know, a couple and get married and all of that? Was it right out of the gate? Uh, no, it, no, not at all. We were. It was funny. It, I t- in fact, I'll tell you what it was, and you can work out the time span yourself because okay. I worked out it was literally. You know when uh, Live Aid started? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know when they did the recording before the live performance? Mm-hmm. The recording of the, of the video of, yeah. of everybody uh, being do, there and everything. Band Aid, do they know it's Christmas? Paul's there. Yeah. 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 Paul and I had been together the night before, and that was unbeknownst oh, yeah. to everybody. Uh, nobody knew that. And that was the, the beginning fir- of our relationship. For the first yeah. time the night before? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Ooh, that that's so interesting. So when you see Paul <laughs> Weller's face in that video the night before, he scored with DC Lee. That is great. <laughs> and it's funny. You're lucky that I'm sharing that with you because you know, and I don't mind. And you can actually say that because it's okay. you know what I give different things to different people sure. uh, that I want to say. And it's it's long enough now. We know it's it's sure. it's long enough. We never used to. It's the sort of thing I'd never really want to say, but. Now yeah. to me, it's kind of sweet and romantic. Of and course, it's a really it lovely is. memory. It's a lovely well, it memory. Was a, you guys did. What, I, I remember mean, it every time I see the video. Yeah. So every time I see Live Aid, uh, and you're the first person that's asked me that, so you've been told because nobody's asked me. They've asked me how it felt doing it and sure. the rest of it, uh-huh. and it it was, and that in itself was freaking amazing, as you yeah. can only imagine. Even of I can. Course. I still can't imagine, and I was there. I still can't believe, and I was actually there. So. I can't right. believe how fabulous it was. But um, yeah, when they yeah. made the video before the live thing, that's when we just kind of started okay. seeing it. It was okay. our first time, time together. To yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's amazing. So um, as Style Council begins to come up, I mean, you, you're on the Cafe Blue album and you're starting to hit sing on songs that, I mean, Wham had those big hits too, but then Style Council, at least in the UK, not so much in the States, Yes. Um, yes, I know. They're also getting these big hits too. How, I mean, your life, you talk about having that kind of ambition too. 
to some degree, that's happening. Style Council is becoming really big. I mean, Mick and Paul are huge, and in that in yeah. your country anyway. How does yeah, that? How does that change your life? How does that feel when you start? You know, you're so in demand, and you're hearing yourself on the radio all the time, and you're playing on TV, and you're staying in nice hotels. What's that like? Well, my God. Well, I, what was it like? It was, it was mind blowing. It was more, I sometimes felt I'd bitten off more than I could chew. Mm. My first proper touring uh, had to deal with things like voice going every couple of days, learning to not go and sit in the bar with everybody and have fun at the end of the gig. You have to go straight to bed and, you know, a lot of stress and always wanting to give my best at every performance, as did the, all the rest of the band. In between all of that, it was really, really the most fabulous time. It really yeah, was. We used to have such a giggle. I can't even, I mean, when we had to be serious, we were really serious, but we were, we were so, so close, you know, so close as, as a bunch of, as a bunch of friends. Uh, and in actual fact, Steve White uh, has just texted me yesterday and we're going to go meet up with um, Helen Turner, who was the oh. only other female in the bat in the band at the time, and she's having a big ass birthday. I'm I'm not gonna. She's a lady. I'm not gonna say the number because I don't know what it's like. <laughs> so we ain't gonna say no numbers. Okay. But it's a big ass one. Put it that uh -huh. way. Uh -huh. And we're gonna go. We're gonna go and have ourselves a little a little shindig with her. Good. And just catch Fine. up. And so there'll be a lot of reminiscing at that. I can tell you. Yes. Somewhere in Chinatown in London, it's gonna be very very raucous. Very nice. Very <laughs> nice. Very nice. Yeah. No, we well, I want to ask you times, about a couple man. of the songs that you sing on specifically. Um, there are some like The Lodgers that is just so beautiful yeah. and it's it's uh, it highlights you so well. that um i mean you go from kind of being a background singer like you might have been in wham to being much more in the four in fact i think you become a an official member of the style yeah. council is paul writing music when he and thinking of you and thinking this is because your voices sound so good together is he thinking this is going to be great for the two of us i think you know? that's what he started to do because when i first met the the style council so um paul contacted me I came to the to the studios and he just told me roughly what he was trying to do and I got an idea and he played me this track and it was money go round to the 
shake the roots of the money tree. No go praying to the pristine altars. Money for the blessing with holy water. The same old wealth and the same old hands. The same old people stay in command. What's your money go around? What's your money go around? They got it wrapped up tight. They got it safe and sound. What's your money go around? What's your money go around? She fall from grace and hit the ground. All the way down. Oh. Too much money in too few places. Only puts a smile on particular faces. And uh, I just said, he said, I want some kind of, you know, high pitch sort of, you know, whaley kind of uh, soulful type of things. But I don't quite know what it is. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, play it to me again, play it to me again. And and I, I just got that, you know, some money go around, watch your money go around and all this kind of stuff. And we just worked on that. And he went, that's exactly what I'm looking for. And every time he said, you know, I, I, I could get it, because sometimes you do get that thing with other musicians where you just get each other do you know what i mean and i've got a bunch of people like that who i work with it makes my life so so simple when i work with new people it depending on on the situation it's um it can take a bit longer but other people they just seem to sort of know my pitch my you know they just know what what works so paul i think did start writing with my vocals in mind because i think for the first time he had uh some the female backing vocals that he wanted for this new for this new venture. Yeah, yeah. I know like when he was with the jam, I didn't know it before, but when he was with the jam, like he used like a, you know, the like the good, the, the good backing singer girls. I think it was Karen Walker, you know, Soul to Soul, people like that, yep. doing some BVs for the jam. And then they all went on to do what, what they were doing, Claudia Fontaine and people like that, all the yeah. top British backing singer girls. But okay. then he had he wanted something different where it wasn't not as backing singers, but he wanted yes. a singer. But yeah, and that's, that's what right. he went for. Yeah. I think I think that's what gave him the taste for it. But he wanted it to be a bit more full on, uh, uh, more hands on, as it were, right. rather than just in the background. So my work with them was a little combination of, of BVs and also featured. Um, being featured, yeah, featured, yep. featured, and, and second voice in him, second yeah. voice in him a lot of the time. I don't. Uh, yeah. One of the things I try never to do is invite someone on and then ask them to be a spokesman for somebody else. But in this case, I am curious. I mean, you were married to Paul. The The style council was obviously so different stylistically than the jam. That was the whole point. And some, I love style council um, yeah. sometimes more than the jam. Cause I like that style of music, but not everyone felt that way. They took a little bit of stick who wanted him to go back and be in the jam, you know, kick out the style, bring back to the jam. And yeah, absolutely. What was if you knew what was Paul's motivation for going into this kind of music, especially because it could, like that modernism album that never even really came out? That's some heavy, heavy dance music. And yeah, not yeah. at all what you would think from the guy from the jam. <laughs> so yeah, you know what's and is Paul aware? Is he coming home at night and he's like, D, no one likes my new music, but I just feel so strongly about it or what, you know, whatever. I don't know. What's the motivation here? Do you know? Well, his motivation always has been, I don't, and I know he won't mind me speaking on his behalf okay. of this. As far as Paul is a musician, first and foremost, uh-huh. when you make music, there's thought put into it. It's not a, it's not a formula. It's not a, well, it is if you're a pop band or something, but it's, 
you know, you put different things into, you know, you experiment a little bit, you know, you put different flavors. And that's what a real musician does. That's what makes you grow as a musician. That's what, you know. So Paul Weller is actually a musician's musician. He's not, he's, he's not a pop star. So he will just, so, but obviously the jam triggered started off and with a massive pop following. What you find with the Star Council uh fans of his, of, of ours, um, a lot that they're more into music than a lot of them didn't like all the changeover, but they did understand. The, the progress of him just being a musician and not sticking with a you know a, a, any particular any particular uh, formula. Yeah, he just likes music and he like and yeah. he's listening all the time. Sometimes it can be to your detriment. Sometimes you know, and if you've got a following like what Paul has, those poor fans get well peed off. You know, I've had uh, there's people that I followed back in the day. For example, one of my favorite musicians is Kenny Burke, but after one mm. album of his, I listened to the other one. It was you know really didn't like it. Yeah. But I'm not, but, you know, but I'll get over it. <laughs> some, yeah, some right. of the Star Council and Jam fans, they kind of have a, they, they had a bit of a hard time getting over it. But yeah. I'm sure, um, you know, but and and I think, it, well, Paul's all popular again now because he's gone round again. He just yeah. does what he wants to do, yeah. you know, it's and true. he will, he'll just keep making music. He'll, you know, that's the sort of thing he does. He just lives for it. Don't discuss it. It just happens. And then, you know, so when we, when we were together, studio and home were very separate until okay. they weren't, until uh, they weren't. Yeah. Uh, I see that. Yeah. Okay. But um, yeah. So. Okay. One of the other songs. Answers, that, answers yes, well for you. it does. It does. And that, that's kind of what I assumed. I mean, the jam, even the jam near the end with the famous song, the, the, bouncier one from billy elliott because i'll be honest with you i didn't actually know who the jam was and until really? I met no i <laughs> this this is also a really funny story so i'd never ever heard of the jam and uh, really? because i was always a jazz i'm a jazz guy i'm a jazz sure, and jazz sure. punk and soul uh -huh. and motown and uh, but i was you know by the time i got to about 10 i stopped listening to the pop music and by that time the jam and all these people were probably all you know there mm -hmm. Uh, so I'm getting all my times wrong, but basically when I was very young, I came out of listening to the, the charts, as it were, uh -huh. and was only listening to jazz and jazz funk and yeah. that kind of thing. So I must have just bypassed checking who they were. But anyway, <laughs> I was walking That's down the street one day and I've got this session. I got the session to work with the Star Council. I was going to meet him. And I met another musician, probably one of the Central Line guys. Hmm. And I was going, he's going, oh, how's it going, Dean? And I was like, yeah, man, I've got a session. Yeah, some guy, some geezer called Paul Weller. <laughs> And he nearly dropped. He nearly dropped his guitar. He went, "What?" And I was like, "What?" Because you're working with Paul Weller. And I was like, "Oh!" And then I got all nervous. I was like, "Oh crap! Who is he then?" And then, and then that rotter Paul. He, when I got there again, I saw these things. The jam. Uh -oh. When I got to the studio, I went to use the bathroom, and I, and I could see all these uh, gold discs up on the wall. And they all said the jam. And, and I didn't recognize him in any of the pictures from who I was talking to. So I did not, I really, and I went, oh, I said, oh, who are these guys, the jam, you know? Mm -hmm. And he goes, and Paul, he, he actually said to me, went to me, oh, some shit band who record here. And I believed him. And I wondered why everybody else was laughing. It, it took me a couple of days in. And then they, then I got uh, what the joke was. He did so you get don't even know. That. That's so funny. I had no idea. Totally, totally green. <laughs> totally <funny>. green. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think if I had known who he was, I might have been slightly intimidated. Maybe. Have, maybe. Might not it have was gone. 
Town Called Malice is the song I was uh, I couldn't think of, and that's their one of their most famous songs. But anyway, that was beginning to be more Motown influenced, soulful, and stuff like that. Yeah, one of my favorite you know songs. What? You're right. Yeah, one of my favorite songs that you sing on is Wanted. And I was curious, I mean, it it highlights you. Another one, talk about times when you and Paul are sort of co-equals in these songs. That's another one. Do you have any stories or memories of the making of that song? Or any um, of the songs, no. really? Do you know what? I mean, I remember the title. Mm. I would actually have to listen. I'm, but I just uh. remember, only want to be wanted. Wasn't uh-huh. that one? Yeah. Da, da, da. Oh, so that was getting a bit te- techno then, wasn't it? A little wasn't bit. That- yeah. Weren't we getting a bit? That's when we were going into that dance thing. So not quite, but it's getting there. It evolves over yes. time. That whole well, yeah. you, well, when you look back at it, I'm thinking now, um, just off the top of my mind, I'm thinking because Paul started to like all that dance music, mm-hmm. he was writing it like that. With and also my vocals really suit that kind of thing. So you know, again, yeah. maybe that's why he started writing okay. more that way. Who knows? You know, like when you just like that and you think yeah. you want to, because most musicians, you know, there's music that you like and you always want to recreate it yourself, you know, but, but, but with your own stamp, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Okay. I don't know. Just curious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So what, uh, I mean, you two have Leah and Nat, your kids who are yes. great kids now and they have yeah, their own big, careers. Big kids. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so near the end of the Style Council, you go on and start working with another one of my favorite artists, who's Dr. Robert from the Blow Monkeys, That's and right. uh, do Slam Slam. And That's right. How did this relationship happen? He goes on and plays on some of Paul's solo stuff. That's so right. Did you? Are you the bridge from him to Paul, or did those two already know each other, and that's where you got involved? How did it hey. happen? Right. You already answered your own question. I was going okay. to say them, the, the two guys that they both knew each other before I did. Okay. I met Robert through Paul, uh, Dr. Robert, also his lovely wife. And also the reason we became really friendly with those guys, because at that time, Robert and his Mrs. Michelle, they had just had their boy, Joe, mm. and we've just had our Nat. Nat and Joe are still like best friends. They live in oh, different good. And they still stay in touch, but we forced them together as babies. So you've got all these pictures, which we can totally blackmail them with, you know, with a lovely little, <laughs> <That's great. laughs> lovely, little to- lovely little pudgy toddlers and all uh-huh. the rest of it. So that was, th- so we had a really great, they were really, we had a really, really good friendship as uh, young parents with kids. And it grew from there. The music on holiday together and stuff like that. And then it was going to be inevitable that Paul and I needed to separate um, work and home. Um, I wanted to keep my hand in a little bit musically because I'd lost a lot of confidence after having my first baby. Happens to a lot of women, but all big and then lose the weight and blah, 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 and got insecure and stuff. So 
after that and before Leah, I think, or maybe when Leah was very young, then we got the Slam Slam thing going. Now, that was a really good uh, project and it looked like it was really going to take off. But um, again, the record company, they just didn't want to do anything. Like what we heard was Slam Slam had we, one of the tracks that we, were, we put out, and I can't remember which one it was, but it got to number two in the American dance charts. Oh. And can't remember which one it was. It just I think it might have been about Ah, it, I think it was Move, yeah. It Maybe. might have been Move. we heard and then the record company wouldn't even pay for me to get a plane and go and promote it really so we were having conversations we were having it was weird i don't know what was going on there but the good thing that did come out of that was my a and r person at the time was jill steen <laughs> jill steen mm-hmm. uh after that i went screaming at her going what's your record company she took it she said yeah we are shit she can't believe i can't get anybody to to full cats, get you on a plane, take you out there, go and do some clubs and do the touring. And, you know, no one, they, you know, they, anyway, you know how it is sometimes. Yes, so yes. I just got, she, she had to take the brunt of my screaming and shouting uh, with John Weller, who at the time was looking after me as my manager, uh-huh. Uh-huh. trying to hold me back, holding me back. And I'm screaming at her. She's going, no, you're right. She's, are you, uh, and I said, well, if you care that much about me, why don't you let them come and look after me then? Mm-hmm. She went, yeah, you know what? Yeah. And and that's what we're doing. Oh, great! <laughs> managed, it worked out. She's been managing me ever since. Ever since. Yeah, yeah, and that, yeah. As you so know, how did my girl. how involved? So is is Slam Sam just you and Robert? I mean, is that Robert basically making dance music? No, kind of more as I a think, producer no, or what? I, I think it was Paul and Robert, if I remember rightly. Paul and Robert oh, wrote a lot of stuff, and I I co-wrote, if I remember right. Yeah, I did co-write. I think, but maybe not as much as I would normally do. But I did a bit of co-writing on there. In fact, maybe okay. the lyrics, I can't even remember. But yeah, it was a little project. It was good. And funnily enough, I bumped into one of the guys, Femi, who was one of the guys who I used to go and do the uh, the, uh, the PAs with, mm. one of the dancers, because we were we were trying to be like a very dance-based sort of little pop act. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it could have worked, but then my heart wasn't really in it. Mm-hmm. And by I that time, I was, yeah. Well, I was going to continue your thought. By that time, what were you going to say? I was going to say by that time, I think um, I was starting to have problems in the marriage. Uh, and and there was a second baby, my Leah. Mm-hmm. And uh, that it kind of went by the wayside a little bit. Okay. Yeah. The reason I, I was going to ask, I mean, while this is going on, you're doing Style Council. You're also releasing your own singles and partnering with Robert, stuff like that on the side as well. Yeah. 
is it um and i hope again i hope this isn't too sensitive of a question is is paul supportive of your other music ventures that you're doing whether or is he hoping that you'll just stay contained to the style council and not moonlight with other things uh, was there expectation there or is he kind of yeah do we you know he I, want, he's being supportive of your solo career however that happens yeah um i would say that um the slam slam thing was i mean it wasn't me going off he, he was more wanting to kind of keep it a little bit close to home do you know what i mean because it was more I mean, I was up for the idea, but Paul and Robert came up with it. And I think more Paul, because he wanted to, you know, something for me to do away from the style council and away from from them, uh, away from him rather. So, but it was, it was a weird time because it was, we were, it was a bit of a sort of renewed beginning for us, a new beginning, Mm -hmm. but let's just say it didn't make, it didn't make the hurdle. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Because there, there are those solo albums that you put out back at the time things will be sweeter is such a great song when i woke up what did i see i saw flowers falling down on me against the wind i heard a sigh there was a voice calling to me So that's why I'm wondering, but there's only a couple of these solo albums and they're not on Spotify, D. It's no. driving me crazy. Why is not, why are your solo albums hard to find? Because firstly, Things Will Be Sweeter was only real, real, only released in Japan. Oh, I, got, I didn't know that. And so okay. was Smiles and so was Smiles. I couldn't get deals over here. Mm. So Jill and I, we, I got deals um, with, uh, I think it was Pony Canyon, Japan. Uh-huh. And um who things will be sweet? Oh, did, clear tone. Things will be sweeter, clear tone. In fact, clear tone, that was self-funded. That's us. Clear uh, tone is myself. I got it. So okay. yeah, and that's probably why we didn't have the resources. I did some gigs around and I got, you know, I got a basic really good following of people, but I just needed that extra bit of backup yeah. and money and bands to to make it go further. It became incredibly hard and 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 at that time i was actually away from paul i was separated from paul then okay so i've been away from the kids and stuff like that it was you know it's it it had to be done and you know because it's just the only thing it's something that i've always wanted to do and you know like in life everybody's got something that you're good at you know i'm really rubbish at most other things but but performing, singing and stuff like that, that, you know, whether I like it or not, that's my thing. So yeah. it's important that you have something of your own. Otherwise you just lose yourself, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, and then I got to ask about uh, getting with Guru for the Jasmine yeah. Jazz album, uh, No Time to Play. I love that album. No, I can't stop. No, I can't stop to talk. I got to go. I got to 
a brother they depend on, lean on, so now I gotta be gone. I gotta keep strong, always staying busy, kid, cause I can never fall off. Laziness ain't getting to me, there's too much opportunity. And I'm not waiting for no one, cause slow ones, they don't get nothing done, son. But I'm not the one to be waiting for you Back in the day, I used to do stuff for you Now I'm warning you That you really ain't no pimp, you win I bought that years ago when it came out. So it was a fab album, I got yes. Say. And I miss Guru. He's one of the greatest MCs oh, ever, and he died way, way, one. way too young. That another voice one. of his, and he appreciated oh, jazz, which is what I know so uh, got him into you. Is that so? Exactly. Is that... He loved my voice, and I yes. loved his voice, and we were just like. He just he just used to he, when we were on tour, he just used to play something. Goes, hey, sing this and mm. sing your interpretation. He just used to love my singing, and I just love that. And we he they did a mix on a slam slam thing called Free Your Feelings. Did you ever hear that? What is it that makes you involved with the groove when it slam slams? You'll see your thought is improved. So free your feelings to reveal that which is inevitable. We'll bring your vibe so incredible that you cannot doubt. You want to let out feelings of decency about what you see is the way that you look at life and what strife. Forest things may or may not be so obvious. The problem is people tend to blend to a trend instead of starting alternative ways to display what's in your heart and then... When your emotions get stifled, you want to express at your best. Stop playing idle. We're relaying vital signs for your body and your mind. So that you find if you leave behind the negative. The music can relax your soul just like a sedative. To stimulate as you relate to what you're hearing. The message is for you. So free your feeling. Uh, I, I know that song. I don't know if I've heard his mix. I'll try and find it. Yeah, try and find that. Uh, Slam Slam okay. mixed by uh, Guru, or is it? Or is it actually Gangstar? I can't remember if it's Gang. No, it was it. No, in know. fact, Gangstar. It was a uh, DJ Premier and and Guru who do a mix okay. or something like okay. that. I'll have find to it. look it up. But yeah. Um, but anyway, that after that, he just fell in love with my voice, and then so the next thing I knew, he was making this thing. They called me and I was just pulled to the studio. I didn't know what song I was going to be singing, how, what it was going to do. I didn't know what was happening. Then he suddenly was running behind time. He was, you know, it was all getting very stressy. His management was getting really stressy and we were in this big studio. And I can't remember where it was, but obviously one of the big, big ones in London. And then what happened was, I said, so Guru, you know, do you, do you want to sing or something? He goes, yeah, I don't, I don't know which one yet. Uh, it was just getting, getting all these tracks out. And then he put this down 
And he just said, you know, I've got this, you know, I've got this thing and it gets just no time to play and da 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 And he goes, you know, this is the thing. And then, dun, dun, and he's playing me the track with Ronnie Jordan uh. playing. And, and was, so he, he was doing the rap and I could hear the rap, what he was doing. Mm. Never, never, never no time. So I said, and he goes, mm. I, I said, well, I said, where am I going to fit in on this? And I said, oh, okay, I know. And I yeah, just I had that chorus one time. Yeah, yes. that was it. Just, yes. just came to me, just did it. He loved it. And I, again, in and out. I did it in the back, about two hours. It was like a factory <laughs> there and then. And then it was weird because it blew up over here and then yes. he had to come back. We were doing TV appearances for it and everything. And that was really wonderful. That's and that great. made me feel really special again because I love it when, well, you know, nobody yeah. they didn't know who I was or anything like that. And they really loved my voice. And I'm, I'm jumping ahead of you, but because of that, I got to tour with them. I did the European yeah. tour. Well, and, I, and it must be... It must be nice too to get uh, some. Uh, again, I'm not uh, to have some success outside of the Style Council at that point uh, in your life. I'm guessing was probably nice absolutely. too. You it know? really was. It yeah. really, really. You was. probably needed it that. Really I did very much. You have no idea. I needed yeah. that validation, and I got it, and it was fabulous. Good. It was a. It was a good time. It good. was a good time. It was a sad time for me, but it was also a really good time. I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean. What have you been doing for the, what, what is, you know, prior to acid jazz getting signed by them, what does DC Lee do every day? Do you continue to sing sessions? Do you work on your solo material? Do you live off uh, royalties from back in the oh, day? God. Are you a, just a mom and a grandma? What do you do? <laughs> Not just, that's a huge job, but you know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, what, no, do no, you, but... what do you do every day? So, all right, well, now that I've got back into the old schedule of writing and that, that's what I used to do. But before that, basically, when things were getting really quiet and I was having a lot of problems with, well, just who, who am I? What am I doing? Yeah. What's the point? And uh, do I even want to sing and all that anymore because the world is horrible and people don't really appreciate music? And yeah, 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 yeah. So while I was sitting around feeling sorry for myself, Jill got me involved in uh, property development just oh, something interesting. To me, just to keep you know and it's something that that uh artistic types who are not very good with money uh, it's a sensible thing to do <laughs> to protect to protect our own asses yes because, you know otherwise I'll, just, otherwise I'll just dwindle away money on absolute nonsense and have yes. you know what i mean i'm one of those yes, i'm do. a typical musician i'm yeah. a typical musician not proud of that side of it i've got mm. to say but so that's kept me a little bit out of trouble. I mean, I've just had to do things like where well, I've got properties and, you know, these people actually go out and do proper nine to five jobs. I might have to get up and go and sit in the flat waiting for a plumber to come around or something like that. This is the exciting rock star life I lead. Please, somebody, please give me a record deal. <laughs> oh, <laughs> see, but that's the most, that's the interesting part oh, is, you know, what does man. DC Lee do? What does anyone I, do? That's the whole yeah. point of this podcast is to find out how people know, sort of pay their bills I mean, after time. Man, exactly. So I was having to do, you know, a nine to five-ish, mm -hmm. uh, lots of sitting on phones, talking nonsense with people that I don't even understand. Right. And <laughs> right. but my main thing was just, you know, making sure that the tenants are happy, you know, because yeah. whatever it is you're charging them, you've got to look after them and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, yeah and in between that, working out, I'm really lucky. I live in a nice part of London now by the river. Good. And uh, so I do a lot of walking. 
a lot of meditating by the old river and then basically the poor neighbors they just get blasted a whole bunch of jazz <laughs> morning noon and night Nothing but they kind of like it so yeah, i'm always educating yeah. them with some good music they seem to like it good good <laughs> and you um you I, as far as i can tell i don't think you ever remarried or anything like that it's uh no it's been you this whole time it's just been me i've kind of dated a little bit but um I am, uh, you know, I'm kind of, it's funny because I feel like I've gone all the way around. I felt like a, re- a real old lady when I was in my 40s. Oh, interesting. And, uh, let's, and, and then I just got bored of feeling like yeah. that. So yes. I don't know. Just huh. you listen to some music. You, you know, you hang. Sure. Um, you know, you just hang. Uh, and the next thing you know, you, you just come back to who you are. But you can't help yeah. but be who you are. And I think yeah. maybe because I'm a musician, I'm a bit of a big kid. Uh, uh, so, that's probably true yeah yeah i think so yeah. too but at the moment i'm having i'm living my best life at the moment i'm Sounds having like a really it. good time Sounds like and it. uh yes and good. basically fellas better watch out because i'm on the prowl again <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. <talking> no <laughs> <laughs> oh man some lucky guy gets the date dc lee that would be incredible oh. um all right oh, well, thank you you bet look i love everything you do everything every time i hear your voice i perk up because it makes me happy and you're on so Aww. much music that i love so deeply and i'm so grateful that you talked to me deep because uh oh, so i'm I've so glad that hear- you hung on so long darling i'm glad you didn't give up on me i'm so no. sorry but i'm really glad that we got to do this me and too. i tell you what i promise you as soon as there's some uh edible listen listenable stuff and it's close to the time and it's not a problem with the record company and blah 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 jill's got all these numbers because she's hanging on to our favorite people so that we can give you first listenings and you know do whatever you can yes when you when that comes out let's do this again and we'll let everyone know i would absolutely and and we're hoping to have something out august next year fingers crossed that's that's what that's what we're working on so all right Thank you so much, D. You're the best. Oh, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. All right, there you have it, D.C. Lee. I'm really proud of this one. Like I was saying to her, I watched that Style Council documentary about a year ago, and I've always loved them, as you guys know. And after I saw that, I thought, I've got to talk to somebody from this band. And I don't know that much about D. I wonder what her story is. And luckily, it worked out. It took about a year to make it happen, but it worked out, and I'm so grateful. I want to close it out with another one of her solo songs. This is Don't Do It, Baby. Uh, There's a lot to rediscover in there, and uh, whether it's the Style Council or the Wham! album, which most of us probably know, but her solo career is great, and that Slam 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 stuff with Dr. Robert and uh, the Guru album. Go get that, by all means. Good stuff. Next week, we are going in a completely different direction. We're talking to American, an American indie rock, alternative rock band from the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, Very different, but great nonetheless. They put out their own new album last year, the first one in decades as well, and it's probably the best work they've ever done. And so that's who we're talking to next week, okay? Huge thanks to Jan the Man Matkevich, my right-hand man for everything. Thank you, buddy. You guys, you can find us on Facebook. You can like our page. You can send us a message on there. You can send us an email at thehustlepod at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter at thehustlepod. This weekend, this Sunday, what is it, 16th, I think, 
Jan and I rec are recording our end of 2021 recap. And we always like to count down our favorite episodes, our listeners' favorite episodes of the year. So if you haven't already, send us an email or a tweet or whatever with your countdown. Whether it's one pick, ten picks, whatever it is, send us that list so we can compile it and uh, read off the top ten listener picks of the year. Okay? Thanks, everybody. We love you.